0: This is Conversations with Corliss, the leadership podcast that gives you real and authentic advice that can help you change your life for the better. Here we will listen to stories and have conversations with people who are just like you, people who are chasing their dreams and making them happen. Your host Corliss is a modern day purpose-driven leader, As an entrepreneur, she has developed a multi-million dollar business, leading thousands of people to discover their potential and reach their personal goals, all while balancing the responsibilities of raising her three children. She is a powerful, inspirational speaker, a certified success principles coach, and the founder and CEO of Corliss Co. Consulting, Incorporated.
1: Hi everyone, this is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it, my name is Corliss and I created this podcast simply because I want to help people and make a bigger impact. You see, one day I woke up in my forties and realized time stands still for no one. I found myself coasting through life feeling unfulfilled and deep inside, I knew there was more to me than I was living. I went looking for answers and I found them by listening to inspiring people and having meaningful conversations. That is what we will do here for you. Whatever you are looking for, I am glad you are here. Aging has given me the invaluable insight that we should make every moment count. It's time to take charge of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. This podcast is meant to help you do that. So let's get started. This episode is being brought to you by 16 Safety Services Incorporated. 16 Safety Services is Aboriginal owned and operated. It's a female led organization providing health and safety consulting and training services from people in the industry to people in the industry. The company president, Andrea Crittenden, has a passion for safety and personal empowerment. She is a journeyman electrician and is experienced in many areas of health and safety. 16 Safety Services delivers simple, logical strategies for your business, protecting its most valuable resource, your employees. Investing heavily in top-quality, industry-approved certifications to protect your investment is a wise consideration for any business. Andrea enjoys sharing her journey and inspiring other female entrepreneurs to consider a career in the trades, which have previously been considered non-traditional for females. In addition to their current service options, 16 Safety is developing a new course just for women. It's called Liberated Independence, A Woman's Guide. With the world evolving, women are becoming leaders in typically male-dominated fields. In support of their courageous attempts to break through the barriers, this program provides a safe, non-judgmental environment where you can learn how to safely perform important life tasks independently. For more information, please reach out to www.16safety.ca or give them a call at 306-230-6221. That's 306-230-6221. This is episode 035, The Power of Choice with Darcy Lang. Dr. Kathleen Hall said, In every single thing you do, you are choosing a direction. Your life is a product of your choices. And in a recent guided meditation, Deepak Chopra said that if you're not happy with the result of a previous choice you made, you can always make a different choice. That message resonates for me because I do believe that we're all empowered to lead our lives and the power lies in our ability to make choices. And that's what we're talking about today. If anyone understands that life is what you make it, it's today's guest. Darcy Lang quite literally went out and built the life she wanted. She has worked for great leaders and not so great leaders. She's built three award-winning businesses and let them go when the time was right. All she has accomplished has been done on her own terms and by focusing on the 90% on the positive in her world. In the midst of her flourishing entrepreneurial career, Darcy has learned powerful lessons about maintaining balance, bringing her best self home to her husband and teenagers, and embracing her own victories. Darcy Lang is an inspirational speaker, an award-winning entrepreneur, Canadian Association of Professional Speakers Hall of Fame recipient, a best-selling author, a wife and a mom, whose simple tool helps individuals reframe the way that they look at and think about their work and their interactions and relationships with others. So welcome to the show, Darcy. I'm really honored that you're here with us today. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you for having
0: these conversations, Corliss.
1: So I'd like to give um, the audience, I guess, a chance to get to know you a bit. You've developed such an amazing career through your speaking, and I know you've impacted so many people right across the country, myself included. But for those of you who are for everybody who's just kind of getting to know you, maybe you could tell us just a bit of your backstory, maybe give us some insight into who you are.
0: Okay, sure. Um, well, I I like. I'm proud to say I'm from Saskatchewan. I was born in Bigger, which everyone knows is a very optimistic town that thinks it's bigger than New York. And I was born 51 years ago to young parents. Um, I had a really colorful childhood. My my father raised me in the early 70s, which was uh, a little unique back then. And my parents have both been married three times each. I have 10 half and stepbrothers and sisters. So I had a, a very meaty, colorful childhood with lots of growth experiences. Uh, When I I was raised in Edmonton, my dad moved me from Bigger to Edmonton. And when I was 18, I packed up my Beetle because my dad ran a Volkswagen repair shop. And I moved my Volkswagen Beetle and I from Edmonton to Winnipeg the summer of my 18th birthday. 1987 feels like so long ago. And I got a job, my first job out of high school was at a tuxedo rental store. And I ended up buying that tuxedo rental store at 24 years old. And it brought me to the career that I have today. So when I I moved from Winnipeg to Regina, Saskatchewan, where I live now, met my handsome husband in the bar the same weekend that I brought my tuxedo store. I always say the first man I met, I married him. And I had this really amazing experience. So I was obviously a very young woman running my own national tuxedo store. And my bank manager, I remember going into the bank and he said, you always seem so happy And my staff want to know, what's your secret? And I said, well, Ed, I said, I have this idea called focus on the 90%. And it's my belief that we hold this really big magnifying glass out in front of us. And we have a choice what we focus it on, the positive positive or the not so positive aspects of our life. And he said, where did you get that idea? And I said, oh, well, I got this book called Attitude is Your Most Priceless Possession. And it gave me this idea and it kind of changed my life. And he said, why don't you come Friday and share that with my staff? And Carlos, can you imagine that led to this 27 year career that I have now? I also own a bridal show, which I kept when I, told my, when I sold my tuxedo store. And I just have had an unbelievable experience. I say to young people all the time, try everything because you never know the thing you're supposed to be doing for a living. So that's the short version. Wow. What
1: an inspirational story, especially for those that are out there going, how did she get to be so big and so popular in 27 years? That's crazy. And it all started right there.
0: Oh, it did. And along the way, um, I have, we have a beautiful 20 year old daughter and an epic 18 year old son. So when I was 24, starting out in the business as a leader, It was a very different world for me to live in. You know, I didn't have young children, but then I raised my children in my businesses as well. So that's been really unique. Darren and I will be married 25 years this year. And so it's been a really unique journey to not only have been an entrepreneur for as long as I have, but to journey through the different phases and stages of life and try to keep all the, the balance that went with that and how I changed as a leader over those 27 years as well.
1: I love that. I love that. So we're talking about the power of choice. So I'm just curious, is this something that you just one day wake up and you decide that you're going to like step into your power of choice? Or is it something you more have to practice?
0: Well, power of choice, honestly, Corliss is seeing your life through a 90% lens. That's a choice to wake up in the morning... Put this big imaginary magnifying glass out in front of you and say, okay, what am I going to choose to focus on today? What I call again, the 90%, the positive aspects of my life, the what is good, what I'm grateful for and what I can control, or do I wake up in the morning and put my magnifying glass on the 10%, the things I can't control, the things that make me unhappy? So the power of choice, I think, happens every day when you wake up, wake up and the small little choices we make all day to say, hmm, okay, this is happening, but what's good about it and what can I control here?
1: Mm, Okay. What a relevant conversation for us to be having right now, because our world has been shaken in so many ways over the past year, obviously. And I think everyone has just experienced something different and they've had their own challenges within the pandemic. So how did you manage it? I mean, obviously your live speaking engagements were closed down, everything, you know, shut down for you and for everyone else. So if someone's struggling with that right now and their power of choice, what steps could they take to find their way out of it? Or how did you do it?
0: Oh, that's a great question. And it's truly the base of my webinars. Now, you know, Corliss, you speak too. And you know that we have been taken off of the road and we're all doing webinars, which I, you know we had to embrace. It should, maybe I don't want to do webinars. Rather, I'd rather be in a beautiful banquet room with live human beings. <clears throat> but it's a perfect example to say, okay, it, that's a 10%, but it is what it is. This is my current reality. This is my new normal. So rather than complaining about the fact that I can't control this new virtual way of presenting, why don't I embrace it and focus on what is good about this time? So when March hit, you know, and a wrecking ball blew its way through my, our business, both of our businesses, my husband's a speaker too, they call us Oprah and Dr. Phil. And when the wrecking ball went through our business, you know, and then of course our bridal show, we had to close that and we had all, you know, our children's lives were uprooted honestly corliss there was no greater time in my life to practice my own message because the majority of the 10 percent that were happening in the world and i'm not glossing over the fact that they were terrible there was terrible loss and tragedy the majority of the things that were happening in the world i had no control over so i quickly moved my magnifying glass quickly i probably took two weeks but i quickly moved my magnifying glass to okay Again, what I just said, it is what it is. This is our current reality, our new world. What does Darcy need to do, person in the mirror, to f- see what is still good every day? And that's what I did. And then I went really ruthless ruthless self-care and really took super good care of me because I knew, Corliss, my business needed me to be well. My administrative assistant of 27 years, Sandra, she needed me to figure it out so I could keep her employed. My customers needed me to be well, and my family most definitely needed me to be feeling my feet on the ground and seeing what was good every day.
1: Hmm. So step up in the choice for yourself, but also for other people, because you're leading by example. That's basically what I'm
0: hearing in your demonstration of what you did. Right. Like my favorite quote in the world is be the change you want to see in the world. And what I wanted to see in the world in a time where people were spinning out and there was so many 10 percent with loss and people losing businesses and in dealing with elder care and children at home and homeschooling and all. There was so much loss and so much 10 percent that the power to wake up and say, OK, but what can I control here? And in order to to fill my cup first, I was able to be the change. I wanted people to be happy, nourished, rested, taking ruthless care of themselves Mm -hmm. so that they could go into their businesses, that positive force, and then again have something left for their families at the end of the day, which for many of us was literally in the room next to us.
1: What a, great, what a great thought process and I love what you said there about what can I control here. I think that really exercises the power of choice right away. It's like I get up every day and it's like what can I control. I Love this whole conversation. So what about, what would you say to the person who is not able to see the
0: 90%? That I completely understand. I have had the experience of living with a lot of people who have had challenge with mental health in my childhood, in my marriage, in my parenting. And I've had the firsthand learning experience of living with people who find it very difficult some days to see anything good. And part of that experience, it's an important process for me, Corliss, because I am blessed To be someone who wakes up and can claw at some days but most days just see what is good it's a process and it starts with i think we need to rewind what i preach in my webinars is that we need to take care of ourselves first and it's very hard to be mentally well and see the 90 percent if we are not physically well rested nourished um you know taking care of getting proper sleep doing our meditation pieces. So for anyone who finds it very hard to see what is good in life, I would dig deep on is there something bigger under the surface that we're not dealing with?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great place to start and reach out and get help should they need it. Or what would you recommend as a positive practice for self-care? So it sounds like you're just talking about taking care of number one and getting enough rest, eating right, um, you, you mentioned meditation. I know
0: you go out for walks with your puppies, anything else? Yeah. Uh, well, I do the four pillars for me are sleep, exercise, nutrition, and medica- meditation. And if you've had the honor as I have of ever having gone through a uh, life with an addicted person, which I have a lot in my childhood, you learn something really interesting in, in Al-Anon and such, and it, it's HALT. And HALT is an acronym, Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired. And Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired is a really great analogy for dealing with somebody who's not feeling well. Like you first rule out those three things. Are they hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? And so I think a lot about that when I'm I'm entering a situation. How am I coming into that situation? And for me, going to the basics of nutrition, sleep, exercise, and meditation allows me to feed me first, Corliss, And that's something I like to preach too, that once I'm fed mentally, physically, spiritually, socially, intellectually, then I can go into, again, as I said in the beginning, into my business, a full rested, grounded place to fall. And then I can approach my service and my delivery in a more calm, peaceful, grounded, positive way. But that also allows me to have something left in the tank so that I feed me, I feed the four-legged and two-legged in my house, which some days is all I can do. And then I go feed the world. And I think so often, especially in a time when our jobs have changed so much and leaders are struggling to try to help their teams be happy right now, we end up feeding our businesses first. Then we give these little scraps to our families. And then we give this tiny little scrap that's left for us. And I I just hope that people would understand it's not selfish to take care of yourself. And it's so important right now. So would you suggest that
1: perhaps we reverse the order? So instead of business first, you know, family and then yourself, would you suggest that it goes the other way?
0: Yeah, but we have to be careful with balance and guilt. And, you know, some people do it spectacularly well. Some don't have that balance. I don't really care where people are at right now, Corliss. I think where we're at in our life right now is exactly where we were intended to be. And we just need to say okay so maybe i did it really well maybe i haven't done it well in terms of taking care of ourselves first and then our business but whatever works for you and for me it does not make me happy corliss to go give everything to my job and have nothing left for my family and myself and i guess because you and i have the blessing of having a job that we can't show up half empty and not positive and not motivated, it's been a pretty big commitment on my part to say, I need to take care of me first.
1: Mm, I like it. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for expanding on that. You know, you demonstrated something for us in the power of choice, and I don't even know for sure that you know you just did it, but I can tell it's just who you are and I know the audience can as well. You mentioned something about the privilege of growing up with someone who struggled with addiction. And the fact that you look at it, that it was a privilege, shows us and demonstrates the power that you chose that because a lot of people don't choose that when they're in that situation. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that part of your story?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm smiling as I'm hearing you talk, thinking privilege is a word that years of therapy later help you define, right? <laughs> so- So privilege, it has been, and it's also been a privilege to be in and amongst people, who, again, as I've mentioned before, who've had challenge with mental health, because it helps me get it. And it helps to create compassion and empathy and understanding, not only for myself, but for people. I have, as I know you do, Corliss, I care deeply for human beings, and I care deeply for the story And then I want to hear the story, but then I want to know what you want to know, Koilis. What powerful choice have you made to make sure that you see the story through a 90% lens, not through a 10% lens? And I'm sure we all know people who still have the magnifying glass focused on the very worst part of their childhood traumatic experiences, victims, etc. That's all really healthy and important to do. But then eventually, over time, maybe counseling, support, books, TED Talks, podcasts, you start to move to the 90%, and you start to see, again, what a privilege it was, because you've learned so much from that experience. Mm -hmm.
1: I love it. I love the perspective. I really do. And I think, again, you gave us just another really powerful thought. When you said, you know, what powerful choice have you made to get yourself out of that situation? So, everyone does have that power within them, and of course, the choice to act on it. So, let's come back a little bit to the balance that you talked about, because I remember now for the audience, I haven't shared this part of the story yet and i want to because i really think it speaks to who you are as a human being when i was starting my company i was um of course really wanting to get out there as a speaker and i wasn't known as a speaker and um the only speaking i had done was in, within my direct sales organization i was obviously had you know decades of experience there but to break into a different space and to learn how to present differently and to you know speak to companies and groups I was really looking for who could I learn from. And of course, I seeked out the amazing Darcy Lang. And I want everyone to know this part because when I reached out to Darcy, she was so willing to share everything with me that she knew about her journey and growing in that space. And I'm just so eternally grateful to you for that can you tell me why you do things like that? Like, why do you kind of step up to help people as much as you can? Is it because you care so deeply about other people? Or is it because you have a deep set belief about something else?
0: Oh, thank you for saying all that, Corliss. And and I am I believe like in Reap and Sow. And I believe fully in, you know, the ripple out of kindness. Kindness is a base. As you know, I just wrote my third book. Um, kind leadership I called it and being a kind person is very important to me and giving away what we have and helping uh, empowering others to be well requires you to really put your ego in check and I find women I'm oh you have men listening as well but I find we can become very competitive and the speaking business is a high ego it can be very competitive business I don't honestly see people that way because i have done just an enormous 51 years i think of personal and professional development on me the person in the mirror i don't see people through that 10 percent judgmental prejudice racist labeling gossiping competitive magnifying glass so the choice i make when you call corliss to answer your question is I see you through a 90% lens, through a loving, compassionate, empathetic. How can I help? How can I serve magnifying glass? And that helps get rid of the initial um, competitiveness or ego or whatever would go with that. So to just be kind is the choice there.
1: Mm-hmm. And you sure <laughs> demonstrated that. And I, I literally will sit with me forever, just so you know, that you demonstrated that to me, someone uh, <laughs> it's kind of choking me up a little bit, but it really did because it, it's like, we never really know the impact that we're having on other people and that impacted me. So I want you to know that. And we all have that power to go and do that for other people. And we never really know the extent of how it will impact them. Now you referenced something about personal development. Can I ask you a question about, about that? Cause I didn't know. I mean, I think personal development is something we're all on a journey on but some, you know, immerse themselves more, more intentionally in it. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how important is personal development in, from your perspective and why?
0: I would have to first meet you and see you through a 90% lens before I'd answer the degree to which that's important for people because, again, I, I'm as I said before, people are where they're at right now because that's where they need to be right now. And for some of you listening, your life is great. And some of you, it is terrible. So if you just looked at your life right now and said, okay, let's forget everyone we live with, all that we have to do in our businesses, just, just look in the mirror, look at that beautiful you in the mirror and ask the question, what do you need? And this is something that I've done all through COVID. I've done it for a long time, or Corliss. But I've done this all through COVID. Looking in the mirror and saying, what do you need? And if personal development is what you need at this juncture in your life, go for it. Then it's important to you. If it's not what you need right now and you just need to go to bed or eat better or, (laughs) or leave that person or whatever it is, do that. But in my book, I encourage people to pick one thing that they work on a year. So don't work on the weight and the the business and the ex-husband and the smoking and the gambling addiction all at once. Don't do all that at once, you'll do nothing. Pick one thing and let that be your personal development. So if you're gonna work on quitting smoking, queue up your phone with podcasts, watch the TED Talks, read the books, do the one thing in your personal development, then move to the next thing. I think it's 10 out of 10, but everybody's where they're at and they need to decide is that what I need right now that will help me move to the next step?
1: Oh, that's so good. Is that what I need right now to help me move to the next step? What do I need now? Fantastic. Now, you've referenced your books. I love your books. You're a best selling author. And, you know, a lot of the listening audience, I've had this come out a couple of times now, just even in the last week where people have been telling me that they've been thinking about writing a book and perhaps lockdown (laughs) is creating an opportunity for that person. So can you tell us how you decided to write a book and why you did it and like the steps that you took, basically your process?
0: Sure. Well, that could be an entire podcast, Corliss, because (laughs) books are... As you know, they they can be a little bit of a beast. The intention, my first book, I have this adorable picture. My son is 18 and I have an adorable picture on my desk right now. Uh, When he was five and the first copy of my book arrived at the door, I I took a picture with him in his Spider-Man pajamas. He's adorable. So 13 years ago, I wrote my first book. And really the intention, Corliss, was because, excuse me, I needed a back of the room sales as a speaker. So the intention, purpose, mission was to let people take something home with them because they'd hear the message and want to take it home to the people that they loved. And I'm a very holistic spiritual person. So the next book, then I wrote that book seven times and bless that's been released seven times. And then finally, um, my brain and my assistant and everyone around me said enough rewriting the same book. It's time to write your second book. And it was divinely time. And I wrote my second book in 2019, and then COVID, as you're suggesting, some of your listeners will have time to do, COVID gave me the time to write my leadership book. So in terms of people writing books right now, I say to anyone who wants to write a book, I can give you an hour on how to create the template to do that. But my first question that I ask people to ponder is, why are you doing that? Like, what's, again, your purpose, mission, intention for doing it? Because there's one thing to want to write a book, but why? What's the point? And once you get that clear, everything else will flow.
1: Oh, I could not agree more. That's exactly what happened to me. I just got to a place where I was like, I want to write this because I've got this these things, these lessons, these things that I've learned and this story to tell. And I just got, I want to use it to help other people. And I just, once I locked onto that, it was just like a runaway train. It just happened and just flowed. And of course there's blocks that came up and then there's all the questions of how to do it and where to publish it. But I think a good place to start is why do you want to write the book? So awesome insights there. Now I'm curious, you said you rewrote your book seven times. Is that what, did I hear that
0: right? yeah i really just freshened it up so my very first book is my base message focus on the 90 percent, and i just like to keep it timely as my children grew up and then i um, added new stories but then it was getting quite big and i always had this second book in my consciousness and then it just flowed out but my third book i've been waiting to write that book for 27 years and it's the The leadership book is called lead the 90% again, kind leadership. And it's what I've observed Corliss for 27 years sitting at the back of the room as an invited speaker to conventions and organizations of every single imaginable industry. And for all these years, I've been sitting at the back of the room, observing leaders, wondering what makes them great and them not so great. And I am so incredibly proud of this book because it'll give you everything I've learned and watched and observed that people have done. Then my woman's book coming out this summer, I'll tell you about that as we carry on in the podcast.
1: Guess what? I just opened the registration for a brand new session of the Lead Your Life Masterclass. If you're looking to feel more purpose and direction in your life, or you need help defining goals that inspire you, I'd like to invite you to work with me through this five-week program. Over the last three years, I have watched this program help hundreds of like-minded women step into their personal power. It's simply incredible to see the transformation of confidence and clarity and passion that they found. If you're ready to have that for yourself, you should get registered right now at Corliss.ca. Classes are limited to a small number because of the personal coaching and guidance that you'll receive. Are you ready to break through what's holding you back and confidently lead your life? If you are, I'm here to help. Register now at Corliss.ca. That's C-O-R-L-I-S-S dot C-A. You built a career while having two children at home, your husband's a speaker, you're a speaker, you're traveling across the country. Now in today's times, there's moms that are trying to do their careers, they're going to work during the day, they're trying to homeschool their kids, they're, they're, everybody's just balancing so many things. Do you have any tips, suggestions, support that you could offer to people who are trying to manage so many things right now?
0: Absolutely balance, I don't know that has to be equally weighted. I think it changes as you evolve. Uh, If you want to talk about being a mom and being a woman, I can certainly address that. So as again, this is my 27, it will be my 28th year this year, but 27 years. So for the first seven years, I ran three companies, no children, then our daughter was born, then I I stayed at home with my children, and then I traveled with my family for the first five years of my children's life. So we traveled 30, 40 trips a year across Canada with toddlers and newborns. And then when our children went into school, I now had a different balance where I committed to only being gone one night a week. So you th- so you. Th- I think Corla said the balance changes as you change and it's not equally weighted like right now I never would in a million years come up and do emails at 10 o'clock at night because I have more balance with my children older but when they were two and four oh you bet I came up at 10 o'clock at night because it sometimes was the Mm -hmm. only time I had to do an email so I'm going to go back to what I said earlier I want people to look in the mirror and say what would make you happy? What do you need today? Then I want them to look in their business and say, what does my business need from from me so that I will still be happy at the end of my workday? That's the balance piece. When I know people who speak 200 days a year, and they're gone all the time, and they're happy, and their families are happy, that my house would implode, my family would implode if I was gone that much. So I look at what would make me happy. It would make me happy if I was only gone a couple of days a week. I try, which of course I'm home all the time now, but I try to only be gone one night a week, two days max. And I don't play with that formula very often, Corliss. So look in the mirror and say, what do you need? I need to be home every weekend. I need to only be gone one night a week. Okay. And then set up your life to make that balance happen. I'll let you talk, and then I'll add another layer to that if I may,
1: please. hmm Of course. I, I like those are like time management tips. Honestly, and and your your perspective on this is so exciting to me because. I was thinking back to when my girls were little and I was building my business and I was traveling a lot as well. We had so many road trips where mom was going for work and we, you know, maybe put in a family vacation at the same time, even though we were really going for work, but the kids came with me and that's just how I balanced it at that time. And once the kids were napping, that was when I, you know, did the phone calls that I needed to do uninterrupted. So I guess you just have to, there's not a cookie cutter answer. It's really just find what works for you.
0: Absolutely, we put so much pressure on each other, you know, on social media, with everybody's perfect families, and they're, what? No, they're not, everybody's where they need to be. So let's cut women and families and fathers and spouses and partners some slack. What they're doing is making them happy, it's perfect for them, and if it's not making you happy, figure out a way to do it better and different, and give up perfection, like, Corliss, I would walk over my dirty floor with dishes in my sink, emails unanswered to go to bed and feel like a human being any day, any day. So we have to be willing to give up something to get something. You can have anything you want in your life, but you have to be willing to give something up to get it. And for me, it's about giving up perfection. Like I don't need everything to be perfect for me to be happy. So that's a very important part And I have a very strict three times complain rule. I know you've heard me speak. And my three times complain rule is I don't complain about being imbalanced and tired and overworked and overwhelmed more than three times, which I actually think is really important that people talk about how they feel. Because if you grew up in a family where everybody swept it under the carpet, you know, you tripped over that the rest of your life. (laughs) But I have a Big three times complain role, like complain three times. Talk about how you feel. You know, don't drink, drug, shop, gamble, Facebook your problems away. Talk about how you feel. Talk about how imbalanced you feel, how guilty you feel, how overworked and overwhelmed you are. Get that out. But then on the third time, lay that sucker out and say, I've complained about this far more than three times. What do I need to do? And honestly, Carly, is I like, keep going back to it, I think if people took better care of themselves, if they were rested, nourished, I think the whole world could solve, we could solve a world of problems if we made homemade soup and all had a big nap every day, right? (laughs) Yes.
1: I just made homemade soup today. That's why I'm laughing. It's like, I find it actually relaxing.
0: (laughs) Exactly. So that made you feel balanced today. So in the middle of a day, you're making soup, Well, they, people would say that's not balanced. It's beautifully balanced. Do what's right for you. So you lay down at night and you're happy and keep digging at that.
1: Yeah. Especially true because my son actually was chopping vegetables beside me because he's home right now. So Kind of neat that you said that. I feel like you were at my house today, were you?
0: <laughs> oh, and what a blessing. Like there's so many blessings in that. So make balance work for you. People have unorthodox ways of balancing. That's perfect. It's not society's way. It's your family, your way, and what makes you happy.
1: hmm so true. So I can hear your... Um, peacefulness and you know, you just have it so all together <laughs> you do it's neat it's neat listening to you because I know you live it I know it's it's not it's it's a choice it's something that you've built in you've learned how to do and it's making you happy right and I know you're also a very intuitive and holistic person and you've talked about that a little bit can you can you help us with how you
0: tap into that inner energy Sure. Let me validate. I most certainly do not have it all together. (laughs) I only have it 90% together. That is for sure. And, and that's the grace I really want to give other people is I don't know anyone who has it all together. I mean, I know lots of successful people. I've traveled and spoke with celebrities and, and, and you know, all kinds of great people who seem you'd think have it together, who don't. So altogether, um, 90% of the time is all I aspire because I think we grew up with these goofy belief systems that you know, good girls make everybody happy and women give 110%, and men don't talk about their feelings, and all these weird belief systems that shape and form how we feel we need to be in the world. I don't need to be perfect, my house isn't perfect, my marriage isn't perfect, I'm not a perfect mom, but I'm happy, corliss And that's what I want people to strive to be. So in terms of being a holistic person, I go back to the meditation, prayer, if that's your thing. But I have to find time in every day, have to. It's not a want to, it's a have to find time to just feel my feet on the ground, drop my shoulders. And it's amazing how often I sit down to just do some deep breathing, how often my tongue is stuck to the top of my mouth my jaw is clenched, my shoulders are up around my ears and I'm not literally feeling my feet on the ground. So many times because I am a right brain spinning thoughts, 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 always creating, always writing books, always sending myself messages, I need to power that down and I tell you in my leadership book That meditation gives me everything I need in terms of clarity. I literally have to have a pen and paper sitting beside me because the minute I come out of that, I'm flooded with inspiration and ideas. So that holistically being grounded allows me to come into the world in a more genuine space because to be a right brain motivational speaker can be perceived as fluff and disingenuine. And I am far from that, so I want to come out into the world grounded and real. And I have to keep grounding myself to be that person.
1: Hmm. You know, I, I my memory just flooded back to the day that I called you, and you were throwing in laundry as you were talking to me and giving me all these tips and ideas. And and that's what I mean by having it all together. It's like you found a way to do your life, contribute be the kind leader that you want to be and somehow manage it all with what you're doing and come out on the other side, happy. I love that. I I love everything about it, actually.
0: (laughs) Thank you. And doing laundry, like uh, then us multitaskers get some slack too, don't we? (laughs) That we're not supposed to multitask. I love, I call her adrenaline Darcy and I love her because I get so much done but yet I am able to take Adrenaline Darcy down to a calm, peaceful, beautiful place of meditation. And you say, oh, I don't have time. People say, I don't have time. I say, I don't have time. Let's, let's stop playing martyr to the life that we we made. I created my life. I married this great guy. I We had these beautiful children. I, 90% of the time, sometimes not so beautiful. Uh, you know, I chose my perfect little pets, which are always great. And I created my business. I said yes to the engagement. I decided to write a book. So why would I play martyr to the life that I picked? I picked it. So it is what it is. This is my current reality. This is my house, my marriage, my work. What do I need to do today? And I need to wake up. I need to go downstairs. I need to pour my perfect green tea. I need to sit with my sweet little pets. And I need to take 10 minutes. If it's only 10 minutes and just ground myself and say, thank you for this beautiful life and I'm healthy enough to be on this podcast with Corliss today.
1: Now I have three closing questions that I ask all of my guests, but I actually have one more I want to add for the miss amazing Darcy Lang, Mrs. Would you agree with this statement and if so, why? Choice is the greatest power in the universe and it's all yours.
0: I agree a hundred percent. I would be a very different human being today had I chose to see my life through a 10% lens.
1: Fabulous. Thank you. Now, where can people find you, Darcy, if they want to connect?
0: I'm darcylang.com, and my name is spelled with an I. So D-A-R-C-I-L-A-N-G.com.
1: Awesome. Now, the three closing questions, and I know you just wrote a book on leadership, so I kind of have a feeling that I know kind of where your answer is going to go. But because this is a real leadership podcast, I wanted to ask you, what does leadership mean to you?
0: Leadership means to me being kind. You're absolutely right. It means being kind, being learning. I say right in the front of my leadership book, if anybody's considering being a leader, a team, a community, an organization, take time to figure out who you are first so you can come and lead from the place of kindness.
1: Awesome. And if there was a book that was really a game changer for you or a particular podcast that you're tuned into right now that's been very helpful, um, what would you want to recommend? Just one.
0: Well, as a leader, I loved personal excellence. In 1987, I got the cassette tape, (laughs) Personal Excellence and it changed me as a person and it became it allowed me to become the authentic speaker that I became later on. And I actually got that wonderful man, Ken Blanchard, to um, authorize to endorse my new leadership book. So that was a, a bucket list checkoff for me.
1: Oh, neat. Yeah, that's great. I always think it's so neat how things come full full circle. When you said the word excellence, you know, in my direct sales company that I had for 27 years, or I still have it, but just in a different way, uh, my name of my region when I was promoted to regional vice president was excellence, (laughs) because I always strive for personal excellence. And that's neat that that happens to be the book that was a game changer for you. Very cool. Now, the final, final question, based on all of the highs and all of the lows that you've been through in your life, if you could leave the world with just one piece of advice, what would you want to leave them with?
0: Be the change you want to see in the world. Be the change. And I don't know very many people that don't want to see people be more kind to each other, be happier and live a fulfilled life. So go do all those things so that you empower people by your behaviors and actions, not just your words. They see the change in you and then they learn from you how you did it.
1: What a great finish. Thank you again so much for being here today, Darcy.
0: Thank you, Corliss, for the light you are in the world. I'm grateful for you.
1: If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook, tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I wanna thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.